What's up, Chicagoland natives and any unfortunate souls who have relocated across the country that are listening in to us today? Welcome to episode one of Rooftop Radio, the official podcast of Ball Chicago. My name is Cody Friend, a.k.a. Cody Football, self-proclaimed QB1, even though I've never actually played a down of football in my entire life. I'm actually a retired Division I baseball player. Uh, if you don't already know, I started Ball Chicago with a few buddies of mine. We're a Chicago-based sports blog run by some Chicago kids who fire out some extremely hot takes on Twitter and go off on some unforeseen rants. Um, so we really just needed a place to write all this down so we don't annoy you as much as we already do. Um, we branched off from Ball Milwaukee, which is the exact same thing, except uh, Wisconsin-based, you know, Packers, Bucks, Brewers, Admirals, all that good stuff. Um, so we just decided it should be brought to the Chicago market. We thought um, we could get a pretty big following here, and, you know, we're excited to have you guys. So let me introduce you to the rest of the crew and the two others that are joining me today on the podcast. We have our Bears writer, AJ Mercurio. AJ? What's up, guys? Um, you'll see me writing on the blog for the Bears, as Cody mentioned, under the name Skip Drayless. Um, so take a look there. We have a few pieces up already uh, for the first place Bears for through the first four weeks. So some good stuff on there. Hopefully you guys enjoy, but definitely excited to get the podcast rolling and hear from you guys through Twitter mailbag that we'll add here in, in a couple of weeks. And just excited to have a, have a new outlet for talking Chicago sports. So excited to be here. Hey, I'm excited to have you here. And, uh, also joining us, we have our Bulls writer, Ryan Skinner. Ryan? What's up? Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, I'm going to be Skins on the blog, and then rskin02 um, on Twitter. I'll be covering the Bulls. I can't wait to see this thing take off. You know, we're, we're all pretty excited here. we got a couple other writers that uh, I'll introduce real quick. Um, they're not joining us today, but, you know, we'll be on the podcast um, in the future and probably every podcast from here on out. So we have Shane Varvel. Uh, we call him Sugar Shane. He's going to cover a little bit of Bulls, Cubs, um, daily fantasy sports for you avid gamblers. Uh, he's kind of our, our Ben Zobrist, our utility man. Um, and then we have Dan Glick, who will also cover daily fantasy sports. He calls himself Moses. Um, we're not really sure why because he cheats at fantasy football, but um, he's – He's pretty smart with the, the daily fantasy stuff, so give him a look on our page, ballchicago.com. And then last but not least, we have Jerry McMaster, our Blackhawks writer, who, you know, he loves his hockey. He's pretty excited. One and all start for the Hawks. Um, Patrick Kane uh, on the MVP chase early. So, you know. First place Hawks. First place Hawks. First place Patrick Bears. Kane, baby. Um, we're, we're excited about Jerry, um, and he's excited to be here. But. You know, let's let's go to a team who did not finish in first place. Um, you know, we're a couple of days removed. I'm glad we just had to bring it up, didn't I? We? I did. <laughs> I'm glad we're not do we we waited to do this. You know, because I've had time to to think more, and you know, I do wouldn't we have to do. Do we have to do this, sector? Um, unfortunately, yes. Because give the people what they want. You know, that's what the people are looking forward to. You're right. Um, but the Cubs. One run against the Colorado Rockies at home. One run against the Milwaukee Brewers at home. And now they're at home, you know, hanging out with their wives. Good for them. Not good for us. AJ? Definitely not good for us. And uh, 
definitely, you know, feeling a little bit better about it today than I was a few days ago. Cody knows that firsthand. Had to do a little bit of talking me off the ledge, but yeah. definitely not not a fun couple of games to watch for sure. Um, you know, they kind of did that to us throughout the season where they'd be pretty feast or famine in terms of the offense and they'd go out and score a dozen runs a couple of times in a week. And then we wouldn't see the bats show up at the ballpark for another week after that. So, you know, definitely wasn't ideal finish to the season, but we do have to remember and kind of focus on the fact that we're, we're in the midst of the golden age of this baseball team and, you know, four straight playoff appearances three out of the last four NLCS appearances. Um, frustrating, disappointing for sure, but you know, we're going to see an offseason, I think, where Theo's going to be pretty open with his checkbook and, and start throwing some money around at some big names. So should be an exciting couple of weeks of the offseason right away once the playoff run ends. And we'll have to just focus on the first-place Bears and first-place Hawks until then. It's uh, still good to be us, you know. That's, that's the best record in baseball the last four years. Um, listening to Theo talk, it's a, it's a pissed-off Theo Epstein. And when Theo Epstein gets pissed off – um, good things come from it, I think. Um, but you know, Ryan, you were, you were the calmer one out of the three of us for most of the season. I don't, I don't know how you do it, you know, good for you. Um, but, but what are you, what are your thoughts right now sitting Friday after the, the season's over? I mean, as calm as I was, I can't be happy. Um, I don't know. I, I just looking, looking at the season, it was just so different than I think we expected. I think it's different than what Theo and Joe expected. Um, we came in thinking the position players was going to be the strength. Obviously, they had the big signings with you and Walkwood and or yeah, yeah. Walkwood, we're not, no, yeah no, don't even call him keep, Chatwood. His name. I'll keep it. Keep it at Walkwood. I, I'm right. used to it now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, we were expecting big things and. I think we were banking on the position players being the strength, and I think it totally flipped outside of Javi and Rizzo in the second half. And Zoe, obviously. Zoe killed it this year. But um, the pitching staff was the strength. I mean, Cole kind of saved the second half of the season, and they were on fire the last two months. So I think I think there's definitely some bright spots, and it just didn't pan out how we thought it was going to pan out. KB was injured, but still, still the king – Kings of the NL Central, and not this year, but no, we're we'll, we're, we're still the Kings. We yeah, are. shout out to you, Ball Milwaukee. You have your fun. Javi, Javi Javi said it said it the best in the press conference before the game. You know the Cubs are the best. Everybody knows it. That's why Milwaukee's, you know, going to have their one year of fun, and you know we're going to roll from there. Um, and I think the Cubs would have been in the NLTS if Terrence Gore would have decided to wear the pitch, but. uh you know, whatever. We'll we'll move on. Um, we're kind of all over that game. You know, I got back to watching playoff baseball now, feeling okay. Um, but off season wise, you know, Bryce Harper. What do you guys think? I mean, obviously, I mean, if Bryce Harper is uh, in play, which I, you know they're the favorites right now, I think even complain even on the Bovada money line right now. That'd be great. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. Um, I think it probably is down to the Nationals or the Cubs. I don't necessarily see him going anywhere else, especially if the Dodgers are able to make a run in the playoffs and keep Manny, because I think that would be something that is more likely to happen the deeper they go. 
But, I mean, if Bryce Harper is standing in front of the Ivy in right field next year, I think everyone's going to be pretty happy and excited about the outlook for the season. But it's going to be the same sort of thing going into a year like that with him in the lineup as it was this year. You have a ton of big names, a ton of guys who've put up gaudy numbers in the past. But when it comes down to it, you're still going to have to figure out how to hit the ball. And they just didn't weren't able to do that down the stretch and for long stretches of the season throughout. So, you know, that's really what it comes down to. you got to find a way to hit the baseball, find a way to manufacture some runs when you need them, regardless of who's in the lineup. You know, Theo said he wants to – they want to hit more home runs, you know, walk more, get on base more. And I, I think that's kind of like he's subtweeting Bryce Harper. Hey, you know, I'm going to give you the money if you want to be here will pay but um you know i think all those people who were sitting there you know panic mode oh god the cubs just lost in the wild card like if you you jumped off the ship you know i wrote an walk article the, about it walk the plank walk the plank as ryan likes to say that's our that's our new fun term here at ball chicago if you guys walk the plank and you're sitting in the middle of the ocean you know see ya swimming you're you're concerned about you know Christmas and all that stuff. Stay off. Don't come back. Yep. We don't have any life lifeboats or uh life vests on this ship. So mm-hmm. if you've already jumped off, you're pretty much on your own. You know, you're gone. No life rafts, you know, this isn't this isn't the Titanic. We're not coming back for you. You're either here or you're off. And when Bryce Harper's playing right field, don't come back. You know What about uh what about Manny or Bryce, or I know we talked about it a little bit earlier um, off there. What about DJ? DJ, DJ LeMahieu's a a fun name to throw around here. Um, I'm he, he was a Cub. They shouldn't have traded him. Obviously, that looks pretty bad now because he uh, won a batting title in the National League just a few years ago. Hit three ninety one at home, which is un- ridiculous. Unreal. Yeah, you unreal. can you can stat check that. I looked that up today. Um, but he is on about to be 30. So as a cub, he would be back on the wrong side of 30. Um, personally, if they're going to make a move as strictly a second baseman, you know, like a DJ, I, I kind of want Whit Merrifield. I don't know how they could trade for him with the Royals because the Cubs trade chips are outfielders. It's Ian Happ and Albert Almora and Kyle Schwarber, guys like that. And the Royals prospects are big time outfielders that that farm is stacked so that's not gonna work then i don't know if that's gonna work um but theo does some some crazy things um he fleeces a lot of people he got jose quintana i don't care what anybody says he got jose quintana that's still a fine trade right and you know we'll we'll go from there i think manny machado fits better i don't know what you think skins but i agree 100 percent. i mean um just just with the flexibility he gives you, I mean, you can move Bryant to the outfield, um, move Javi back to second. Um, there's just a lot of flexibility there. I think what they really need to do, which obviously Manny and Bryce both do, Bryce maybe not this year, but they need a guy hitting over 280, um, 280 and an OBP of over 350, one, two in, that, in the order. And Zoe did it this year, but how much longer do we have of Zoe? Yeah, you got one, one year Zoe and – but good productive though. Good productive. This mean. might be it. I mean, I would have yeah. told you. I mean, he's got to be. Was it right? He's got to be somewhere in between what he did this year and what he did last year. I think is probably what's most expected next year. And and I mean, that would be somebody that you know 
finding a, a middle ground between those years would be very serviceable as a guy who they could use as a platoon at second base or right field and giving guys some breaks when they need it. So I think that's safe to expect from him, but definitely uh, going to be an interesting offseason, I think. Last, last quick note on Harper here. Um, I saw something yesterday that he had a 393 OBP and, you know, um, hit a ton of home runs again. Somebody was like, well, that, that would be the best hitter on the Cubs. And this was a very down year for Bryce Harper. So, right. I mean, yeah, that's wild. that would be, it would be putting that into no an offense and you're about to hit 800 home runs. I don't know. So don't if, know. That's a, if that's the case, hypothetically, does Chris hit two and then it's any combo of Harper, Rizzo, Javi behind him? I, yeah, I think it's Chris two, Harper three, Javi four, Rizzo five almost, or Rizzo, Rizzo and, five. That's Rizzo, and or maybe you give us the best Harper switch. baseball again. Uh, maybe. Hey, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I don't hate it either because this team's going to hit eight hundred home runs when Bryce Harper's standing in right field. So, and they're going to be in first. They're going to finish in first. They're going to win the World Series. You know, they're going to bring back Cole and they're. Pitching yep. staff's gonna be fine. You're gonna be Chavez. healthy. They're gonna Andrew bring Manny. Healthy. They're gonna bring Andrew Manny, Miller. Uh, Manny Ramirez Ramirez. is the hitting coach. <laughs> Heard it here get, first. Hot take. Hot take Davis. Chili no Davis. More needs Chili to be Davis. Um, he sucks. We're all on that. We're all on that same page, huh? You yep, know who for sure doesn't need to go is Mitch Trubisky, though. Mitchy arm sleeve. That guy. You know, let's just sign him for life right now, because. Mitchie Armsleeve is the best quarterback in football. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. He's easily the best quarterback in the North, right? I mean, so far, and I'm looking out my uh, office window right now, and I'm pretty sure what I see is they're uh, they're constructing the statue already. So (laughs) they're a little behind. I mean, that game was on Sunday, and it's already Friday, and they're just getting started. But, you know, that was was impressive stuff, guys. That was – Hold up, though. Hold up. That was the worst Tampa Bay defense I've ever seen. Ryan, don't be a Debbie Downer. No, hey, I mean, no, that's, I'm all aboard the Mitchie train. Yeah, that's not it's being all a Debbie positive. Downer. That's, that's more so just, you know, simply being realistic about it. I mean, this is a Tampa Bay defense who the week before had Chris Conti in the starting lineup with a torn PCL ligament. Like, if, if you're allowing him to play in that state, just imagine what's behind him. They must have absolutely nothing. So, you know, it, it is an, a horrendous defense that they went up against, but the – you know, Mitchell led an offense to do what good teams are supposed to do against bad teams, and that's completely destroy them and, and really not give right. them any hope of coming back. So that was fun Com- to see. Confidence-wise, I mean, that's exactly what he needed. And Oh, um, yeah. Just, I mean, you look at Wentz and Goff, and I think they probably had games like that last Jared year. Jared Goat. Kind of took, took, took them to the next level, and hopefully Mitch will be consistent now and throw more than – one touchdown a game, and it's not some shovel pass with Gabriel running across. Yeah, running front, run behind the yeah, line. Yeah, that, one, that one's a little bogus, but hey, they count the same for anybody else that throws them that way. So might as well. Pull I agree. The scorebook, but so I agree. Does this statue have an arm sleeve on it? <laughs> it has to. It yeah, has right. To. I mean, it has to. I remember well, I was is a that big. The Ernie, is that the Ernie statue that's got like that's like painted though? Um, Which I don't one is know. That? Actually, There's, I'm one of them's painted. I'm not a big I don't know if I like stare it. at the statue guys outside of Wrigley. I gotcha. uh, it's that might be bad of me. I, no, I mean they're they're just kind of there. Yeah, you know, you're not you're not there for that. You're there for the now. You're there for the team. But even when they were bad, you were there for the beer. You were there for the party. You know, the statues, <laughs> if, if you guys were wondering, AJ likes his beer. I do. Um, I do. But you know, so I was a big Corona as we speak. Sorry. <laughs> 
Friday, <laughs> Friday. Fridays, that's what Fridays are for, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and whenever you guys get to listen to this, maybe it's a Wednesday, a Tuesday, you know, you can crack one open with AJ, too. Yeah, so, exactly. I was a big Carson Wentz hater when he had that stupid arm sleeve, probably because he was beating the Bears and I didn't like it. But now that Mitchie has one, I think they're the greatest things ever. Just, yeah, he uh, he looked a lot more confident, you know, whether or not that was the arm sleeve that started the confidence or not. I think he, there's no way he goes away from it after a performance like that. And, uh, you know, not only that, I mean, that was obviously the best offensive performance we've seen under Nagy and Mitch. And it may have been the first half of offense that we've seen in Bears history or at least our lifetime. Definitely. But not only that, I mean, the defense showed up again. This was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that as bad as their defense was coming in. Mitch, or, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in that offense was lighting the world on fire. You know, we, we were dealing with uh, Fitzmagic, and the Bears' defense really put, a, put an end to that real quick. So, you know, Khalil and the boys are still out there, you know, dominating every offense that comes to town or any offense they go visit. And it's now three out of four weeks that they've seen the backup quarterback in some variation, whether it was causing an injury or causing the, start, the coach to pull the starter for one reason or another. Um, I think if you see more than one quarterback on a weekly basis, that's a good recipe for a lot of wins. I don't, I don't think you're going to lose many games if the other quarterback's coming in. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you see more than one quarterback on a weekly basis, I think you have pretty good. Odds something to good's win that going week. on, you know. Yeah. And Khalil Mack um, just won Defensive Player of the Month. That's he did got the 99 rating on Madden. So I mean, he's finally got the recognition he's in the esports nine, world. 99 rating on Madden. This, he did. Is this yeah. a real he thing? Was, wow. He was 98 coming in, right? I believe so. so. 97 or 98. So Either way, I guess I'll have to yeah, hop back it. on the Madden franchise mode. Um, but, you know, the other guys on defense, too, Akeem Hicks, you know, Danny Trevathan, um, really happy with Roquan Smith so far, I think. Have to be. Have to be. It's, you know, obviously Khalil Mack helps out a lot with that because defenses are focused that way. But, you know, this was a top 10 defense last year and you added arguably, you know, maybe the best defensive football player in history. So, so far the numbers, I mean, if he keeps them going at the rate he is, that's probably going to be the case. But I mean, he is making everybody around him better. Like you said, Roquan is uh, you know not being talked about as much as he would have been if Khalil hadn't been here, but you know, I think that's a good thing. You know, yeah. he's able to just go out there and just kind of make the plays that are in front of him. You're seeing a guy like, what, eighth-round pick, Robertson Harris, I think is what the, the round was for him. I mean, he's making an impact. You're seeing undrafted free agent, cornerback Tolliver. I mean, he's out there seven tackles last week, I think, uh, with a pass defense. Um, you know, so he makes everybody else's job easier. He makes plays that nobody else can make. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that hasn't been talked about, at least that I've heard, is we have all these other teams, namely the Packers up there, complaining week in and week out about all the penalties that are being called with the new rules, which are bad. You know, they're, they're not good rules. Not good rules. But fix it, NFL. You know, based, on, based on what the rules are, the, offici- the, the officials are calling them properly. And somehow, some way, the Bears, and I know at least going into week four, led the NFL in sacks. I think they had four more that week, so they probably still do. And they led the league in sacks going into that game without a single roughing the passer penalty. So they're finding a way to get it done. Um, and I think that's probably the, the most pleasing thing to me is that they found a way to be very disruptive without hurting themselves with 15-yard penalties all the time. Except for when Akeem Hicks hits the ref or pushes the ref. He's got a big yeah, belly, that man. Was, that, was, that, was a little, 
a little bit of an emotional mental yeah. thing, but yeah, but I mean, l- let's give him some love too. I mean, um, oh, that dude, playing great, yeah, yeah, that dude kind of set um, the standard last year um, and made that defense a top ten defense. And as he said, I think he was quoted saying, "We're a bunch of dogs out here, and if you step onto our yard, you're gonna get bit." I like um, dogs, big dog person, the, a bunch of dogs. Um, but yeah, I mean, this defense is a blast to watch and. I don't know. I, that's what we're used to watching those Briggs and Erlacher and Tillman teams. And it's awesome that we get to say this again about this kind of new era of Bears football with a fun offense, which we definitely didn't have before. I mean, can't be right. more excited about the Bears now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do um, during the bye week, what kind of work they're putting in. And, you know, you don't want to see a big step backwards. That's the big thing here, I think, is like you said, let's not get ahead of ourselves because of how poor the. Tampa Bay defense is they, they got to be able to come out show that they made some adjustments on the things that they did miss which I'm sure there were you know mm-hmm. the average fan like us may have missed the schematical things that they didn't do properly but I think what they have to do is show that they were at work hard this week and they can come out against the Dolphins after the bye and, and make some big moves um, and not not regress essentially is what we need to see at this point um, no regression so, allowed no regression no <laughs> regression allowed uh, but hey they're three and one through the first quarter of the year that was a big lobby mantra is breaking the season up into quarters. So three and one through the first quarter, where do we think they end up at the end of the year, guys? I think I'm going to go, I'll say they go 10 and six to finish the year. So that's going to be a seven and five record the rest of the way. Where do you guys have them finishing the year? Brian, I'm a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I'm with AJ on that. I think 10 and six is where I see them too. I kind of ran through their schedule and they have a couple of tough games. I mean, they've never played well against the Patriots. They have Tom Brady coming to town. And then I think they're at L.A., right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, no, a, home, that's a home game. That's yeah. in Chicago. But yeah. regardless. Either way, matchup, either way, yeah. that's a tough matchup. And I think those – I mean, you can pencil those in as losses. And I think they'll probably split with the Vikings. But, um, they, I mean, either way, 10-6 and six is way better than I think we thought coming into the year. And, Reasonably, I agree, yeah. And you know what? You guys are low-balling them. I told AJ oh, after they lost to the Packers. Um, I mean, I was pretty pretty upset, so this was a not very rational decision. But 12-4. and four. I like well, it. 12-4 Bears. You can sign me up I for like a, a promoter of that, but I was um, going to go a little more realistic. You know, maybe I'm not being realistic, but I'm on, I'm on this ship too, you know. Hey, they should be four and zero. If Kyle should Fuller be. could catch the ball, <laughs> and I can't, I can't say that we he won't be discussed. He's probably going to get a weekly. Uh, good night, everybody, except Kyle Fuller. But hey, I hope he turns that around, and gets a nice pick six at the end of the game to win or something. Maybe, so I, but it'd be great if he did it in a playoff game. You know, let's, maybe, even then better. Maybe, yeah, let's talk about some guys that we do like, like guys on the Bulls: Wendell Carter, Zach Levine. You know. Laurie Markinen, guys like that. We're excited about this young Bulls team. I think Chicago should be excited about this Bulls team. Um, but, you know, Skinner, this is this is kind of your area. So, you know, we'll, we'll let you give us the rundown here. Yeah, um, I think everybody's a little bit excited about this team. Um, ESPN rated them as the sixth most fun team to watch this year, coming into the year. And, I mean, that's unheard of for these last couple Bulls teams that were old and unathletic and – yeah, they had a flat, like a little hint of D Wade and Rondo, but nothing that those guys used to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, how can you not be excited? Second youngest team in the league. Um, four guys that are going to start that can score the ball. I mean, obviously, Lori, Lori's going to be out um, off the bat, but I think this team's going to 
open some eyes and hopefully be an attractive destination for playoffs or not for playoffs what am i saying borderline playoff team but an attractive destination for free agents coming in coming in the next year yeah i don't know that's got to be the biggest question mark right i mean they've garpax i think has got to be the biggest downside for that as they really haven't been able to do anything in terms of getting top tier guys to come here so that's going to be the biggest question mark um off the court at least is, is who they're able to attract attract in the next year or two to, to get that last piece or two in here. That's assuming that all these young guys pan out, but there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot uh, of young athletic energy on this team. Um, biggest thing for me is going to be where, the, where they're going to be able to get their stops. Um, you know, you have a perimeter point guard in uh, Chris Dunn who can guard almost any similarly sized guard in the league probably he's, really extremely well. He's a um, bulldog. Outside of that, he's a he bulldog. Is, he is. And outside of that, they're going to have to find ways to get stops. Uh, Wendell, I think is going to be able to show that he can protect the rim a little bit with some block shots. Lori put Wendell on some is weight. Awesome. He's he awesome. Is. And I mean, he, I mean, he met Jonas at the rim the other day. He got called for a BS foul, but I think he showed that he is not afraid to go up against whoever it is at the rim. You know, he might end up on a poster here and there, but I love that energy and, and intent from a young rookie like that to not be afraid. So getting stops is going to be their biggest thing. Hoy, Hoy ball is finally, going to be put into effect with the, the roster that they have. So we'll see what they're able to do. Um, I'm going to say, you know, I'm very excited about Wendell. Zach Levine's going to be an all-star if he stays healthy. I can get on board with that. He, yeah. The I dude is so, so smooth. And I mean, he's cocky, cocky. And you need that. You need that. I love it. Cause they don't have it on the team elsewhere. So it's good that he can kind of take, take responsibility for that aspect. Maybe Jabari. Jabari's got a little bit of cockiness saying, he doesn't even need to play defense because he can put a bucket on anybody. But I don't know how much I like that. <laughs> I love it. I don't know how much I like that. You got to score to win. That's that's where we're at. I think yeah. Wendell's kind of a silent killer. You know, he'll get he'll get pissed off if you do something stupid to him. But you know, other than that, he's going to go about his business. He's going to block you. He's going to dunk on you. Um, you know, he's. He's, I'm pretty excited about him. Not little, gonna lie. little Al Horford, little Al Horford. That's how I'm gonna run this. I hope he lives up to it, but we'll see. Yeah, that'd be great. That's my my Duke bias, maybe that you know, I love Wendell Carter Jr. But I think he's gonna be good. I think it was a good pick. I think he fits the system well. You know, can block shots, can shoot the three, and can uh, bang bodies inside. So, with that being everything. said, Bulls record predictions sitting two games into the preseason. Skin, what you got? Um, I'm going to go, like I said, a little borderline playoff team. I'm going to say 39 to 40 wins. Um, if Lori was healthy, I think that could be maybe another 40, another five added on to that 44, 45. But he was the best player on the team last year. And, I mean, I think he's kind of their guy. And not having him this first month, month and a half, or whatever, whatever the outlook is, going to hurt him a little bit to start the season and if they start off hot maybe they will be closer to 44 45 once they get Laurie back but I'm going to stick with 39 that's a playoff Bulls team right there um you know AJ I don't I don't know what you think what do you think what's your record I got pretty close to what Skinner's thinking I got maybe 40 to 41 wins um kind of right there on that borderline playoffs um I think those first couple of weeks without Laurie could determine a lot. You know, if they come out and struggle to score the basketball, maybe they don't get to that number. Um, and maybe if they struggle really poorly, maybe they don't, you know, maybe they kind of change the outlook on not maybe a full tank, but 
not trying to make the playoffs and be in that sort of limbo area, but I'll go 40, 41 wins somewhere right around there and, and backing into the seventh or eighth spot in the significantly weak Eastern conference. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's not have the bulls, you know, finish where they're in the 10 to 15 range in the lottery. Cause that doesn't produce an RJ Barrett or a Cam Reddish, but that's what that's what Gar, that's what Garpacks like. So they love Gar- to be mediocre. They allowed to be mediocre. That's where they're comfortable. Fill the seats, rebuild on the fly. Garpacks, they'll, they'll fill the right seats. There. You need somebody like Wade where they can raise the prices a little bit. That's what they like to do. You know, so I'll go about. I don't really like the number forty-two. I don't know why. So I'm going to say forty-three wins. Um, <laughs> No really rhyme or reason on that number. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in Wendell Carter. Um, I love the, the arrogance of Zach Levine. I'm pretty excited about him. And I think playoff basketball is coming back to Chicago this year. So I'll say 43 wins at the UC. I like it. I like that a lot. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of excitement around that team. There's a lot of kind of positive outlook in terms of where they can go because of how young they are. Uh, a little bit different uh, for the other team that calls the United Center home. The Chicago Blackhawks got off to a, a pretty good start last night. Go Hawks, the, baby. The overtime victory. Patty Kane with a little roof, uh, backhand roof job for the uh, game winner in overtime. Getting off to a pretty good start with the, the, hall, or the uh, MVP chase. Again, but another one. Again, yeah. But they're, uh, they're uh, kind of a mirror image of the, uh, of the Bulls. They're not fully young talent. They're not you know, really excited about a bunch of, you know, new stars or young top draft picks that they're bringing in. They have the old, the same old core with, with Kane, Taves, Keith, and Seabrook, um, a couple of which, you know, I think Kane still has it. Taves scored a goal last night. So I think both of those guys in terms of the offensive side can still produce at a high level. But we're just going to have to kind of see what the defensive side of things can do. That was the biggest thing that I had as a takeaway from last night is that this team could be miserable on the back end. They struggled a ton to get the puck cleared out of their own zone. Several times where they had control of it and just couldn't clear it and would make bad turnovers several times where they're carrying the puck out of the zone, like transitioning to offense, the rest of the, you know, the opposing team is out of the zone and they'd go for simple drop passes and there's nobody there and that's a turnover in their own defensive zone. So definitely some alarming question marks that I saw last night. It is game one. A lot of those things hopefully can be cleared up with some practice and figuring out, you know, where the other guys on the ice are going to be. Um, but Hey, they got the two points. They're the first place Hawks as of now after first one game. Place so, Hawks. Um, we'll kind of see. We'll have to kind of see what's going to go on there. How is- um, I'm hoping that they can get to like an 80 to 85 point finish like for the that. season, but we'll just have to see if, if Taves, Kane, Keith, and Seabrook can dial up a little bit of the past for us. How was that guy Jerry feeling about him yesterday? He was happy. I mean, he, he, he was one of the uh, – or he was the guy that kind of pointed out the, the, def- the defensive struggles to me. I wasn't as locked into the game as he was. Lock in, AJ, um, one time. I, I, I'm going to have to be locked just in one from time. now on for sure. But, uh, you know, he, he, he's kind of similar to me in the fact that, you know, we realized what they were able to do for the, that period of time with the three cups in six years. And, and we kind of got spoiled with that a little bit um, and just kind of, you know, hoping for a competitive season last year was such a, a shock to the fan base and how bad they were. So we'll, uh, we'll hope that they're a little more competitive and, and maybe can at least be in the playoff picture as we come down to the end of the year, you know, and, and hopefully Corey Crawford, him and his uh, mush brain come back. No, mush brain. Yeah. He's got some concussions, man. He'll be I, okay. I mean, yeah. 
we're hoping I, that that's I not hope an he's issue okay. Long-term. You know, concussions are a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, the one thing I didn't watch much of the game. I watched the third period, but I got the notification: Jonathan Taves scoring a goal in game one. Like you said, AJ is huge. That guy was miserable last year. He was, um, and he. And it was a be. soft goal. It was a soft goal. I'll say that it was a goal that the goalie is going to guarantee that he would say he wants that one back. But sometimes that's all it takes for a guy. Yep. It's kind of like the basketball approach: take a layup, get, see the ball go through, and and it just you know turns the confidence up. And sometimes for hockey players, especially guys who can score, that might be all it takes for him to get off to a real fast start this year. Yeah, let's get him going. Um, the power play looked. Uh, it didn't. Produce in that third period at the end there, the last one they had, but it looked good, lots of shots. Um, so I think we're all pretty pretty happy about a win. You know, you can't be upset about it. Well, Not at good, all. Good things to take away. Um, our next segment here is people who don't make us happy. Um, <laughs> you know, I like, I like to go on Making Twitter. some questionable decisions, things like that. Those of you that follow me on Twitter, you know I like to find some dinguses, some morons on Twitter, people with – Terrible takes, and I like to call them out for it. Um, but, you know, we also like to call people out in the real world. Um, so each week we're going to have – we're each going to have a dingus of the week, you know, somebody with a questionable decision, and then um, you guys will be able to listen in and pick your favorite one. But we're going to start with AJ here. AJ, who's your dingus of the week? <laughs> My dingus of the week is going to be somebody that I hope only appears one time, um, at least – coming from me you guys are going to have maybe a little bit different of a viewpoint on that depending on how this person acts in the future but i'm going to nominate myself skip drayless as dingus of the week i'm throwing myself out on the chopping block um, and it all has to do with the way that i handled the cubs wild card game and loss um, went to one of the local establishments there smoke daddy right across from gallagher way uh, smoke daddy. At the bar. Free ad right there for you, yeah. Smoke Daddy. Yeah, pay attention. Maybe uh, maybe we'll come host the show there at some point down the line. Sure. Love um, it. But, yeah, so, I mean, standing there from pregame all the way through the 13-inning, what, five-and-a-half-hour game or whatever it was. Um, and if that wasn't enough, I went home and, you know, sat through and watched the entire postgame press conference with all the individual players um, and definitely regretted the handful of rally shots that the patrons of the bar were doing to try to wake up the bats. Um, would have been a lot easier to handle and wake up in the morning had those rally shots worked, but we all know that that is not the case. So AJ, back to his, his alcohol game right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope the, the listeners aren't getting a, a bad feeling about me being he's, an alcoholic. That no, is not the he, case. He's good. Not the case, he can but, handle it. Um, definitely uh, you know, not, not happy with the way I felt the morning after that game because the Cubs kind of let us down and it would have been a lot easier to go to work had they won, but they didn't. So dingus of the week goes to myself for staying up until what, two thirty or three o'clock or whatever it was. And we'll, uh, we'll make better decisions next time. And yeah, hopefully the Cubs will make it easier. I don't know how, make that a goal. To I don't not know how Cody be feels. the dingus. Yeah. I don't know how Cody feels, but I don't want you to be a dingus anymore. AJ. No, no more dingus <laughs> from you. AJ. I no mean, more. you might be, I'm sure I'll have to nominate myself soon enough, but you know, that's a tough one. You're the inaugural be the dingus. I'll, I'll make sure I'm not nominated again by yep. anybody on the panel until everybody else has made one appearance. That's so. your goal. Skin, yeah. Skin, you got a dingus for us? Yeah, I got a dingus for us. Um, as Cody already mentioned, he's kind of our bulldog on Twitter. He yeah, I'm at, a bulldog. He, he's, he's Akeem Hicks on Twitter. He goes after everyone. Um, so I was scrolling through, and Cody got into us. Josh. I Josh, hate Josh. Josh. Hate yeah. him. Poor Josh. I'll, I'll be be little, better, Josh. I'll be a little nicer <laughs> than Cody was, but uh, sorry. 
first thing I caught, Josh was talking about the Cubs and uh, kind of started talking about how Hayward was going to opt out, which makes zero sense. Why would that guy leave with the money he's got on the table? Um, please, please opt out, Jason Hayward. I like you. I'm a big fan. Ball Chicago, we're big fans of you. But if you want to opt out, go ahead. Thank there's you. Just, there's just no chance he does, though. No, not no. at all. Dingus. Not a chance in Dingus. The world. And Josh, then, you moron. On top of that, even worse, he said the Sox are on the rise, which probably, and I kind of hope they are. It'd be good they for are. baseball. We good hope for they Chicago. are. Yeah. Good for um, Ball Chicago. But he said the Cubs are on the decline. Okay, Josh. And, man, I don't know. You got. You still have arguably one of the best coaches in the league. You still have Theo. It's Theo's league, and then you still have a stacked roster that is still young. I mean, I don't know what their average age is, but they still have a lot of young pieces, and I just I can't get on board with that. Can't nope. get on board with that. The age is young, Josh. Maybe you should deactivate your Twitter. I think that's what Ryan's trying to tell you. I think he's just too nice, and I'm not nice. But <laughs> so deactivate your Twitter. And there's another guy who I think should deactivate his Twitter um, as my dingus of the week. Yeah, so um, I was going to do my man TJ, but fortunately for TJ, we didn't do this podcast until Friday, and Bob Nightingale, my good friend Bob Nightingale, tweeted something stupid today, and it made me mad. Bob tweeted that um, many executives, you know, believe the winner of the Indians-Astros ALDS series uh, represents the AL in the World Series, which, you know, is cool. That's fine. Um, but Bob here then continued to say that the winner is the overwhelming favorite to win the World Series. Um, are we forgetting about the Boston Red Sox, Bob? They led the league in batting, you know, scoring. They got Chris Sale. They got David Price. They had the best record in baseball with a 200 wins, something like that, you know, whatever. So, Bob, you're a dingus. Um, you're going to be a dingus on this podcast quite a few times. And be, be better, Bob. Be better, Bob. I hate you. Um, I'm sorry that's mean, but I hate you. You have terrible takes. So thanks for appearing on Ball Chicago, Bob, as a dingus. We don't actually want you to ever be on this show. Hashtag GBT, Bob be tripping. Bob be tripping. That's Ryan's favorite hashtag. But, <laughs> you know, let's, let's end this on a positive note here. Let's get some final thoughts from everybody. Shout out um, Ball Milwaukee. Um, I still don't think we gave Mitchie Armstead enough love. This guy currently has, is 3-1. and one. He's got three wins. Aaron Rodgers up north has got two wins. He's got a better QBR, and he's got more touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFC North. He's the best quarterback in football, Ryan. Don't, oh, don't you're right. sound Sorry. short. Sorry, he yeah. is the best quarterback in the NFC North, though. Um Shout out to you, Ball Milwaukee, Racquetball Steve, whatever your name is, Kickball, um, you know, all those, all those uh, dinguses over there. But uh, my final thoughts, um, we're not going to get any from AJ today. Um, we're sorry about that. But he has to hop on the train, and, you know, we're going to let him run, and I'll give you my final thoughts real quick. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. might be the best player in the NBA, probably second best to Grayson Allen. Okay. Um, what, Ryan? Oh, God. Yeah. Grayson <laughs> Allen, best player in the NBA. The Jazz are going to win the West. That's my hot take. You heard it here first. Donovan Mitchell, Grayson Allen lead the Jazz to 
a Western Conference title. Yeah, they'll just um, take down the best team ever assembled out in San yep. Francisco. Yeah, no, the best team ever assembled is the Utah Jazz because Grayson Allen plays for it. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield, Super Bowl MVP this year. That is the only team on the planet that can beat the Bears. Maybe the Rams, but the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl and Baker's MVP of that. And then um, big shout out to John Gruden. Thank you for Khalil Mack. Thank you for making the first place Bears the first place Bears. We really appreciate it. You're a dingus every week. You're a dingus every week. We might name that segment after you, honestly, John. Gruden, um, John. We, we don't even – we got nothing, yeah. you know. No no clever uh, name for that, so we're not actually going to use it. But, yeah, John, you're a dingus. So, thanks for Cleo Mac. Um, but, anyways, you know, we want to we thank you guys for tuning in to episode one of Rooftop Radio, the – official podcast of ball Chicago. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be back weekly. Um, we wanted to thank Miss Dame's third grade class for being our guest pickers this week in the NFL pick them. Um, if you would like to sign up to be a guest picker, uh, the winner does get some ball Chicago gear. That's pretty cool. Um, we're hoping Miss Dame's third grade class can dethrone Kyle Thompson who won 11 and four last week. Then we won't have to hear um, Kyle brag then Kyle won't brag anymore, which would be great. And we're very supportive of Valley View Elementary School, which was voted a top 10 middle slash elementary school in McHenry County. So congratulations to the Voyagers. My mom works there. Ryan's mom works there. My mom is the principal. Yeah, your mom's my mom's boss, whatever. Yeah. I get it, Cody, whatever. And hopefully we get some guest pickers who um, start – filing in here that that want to take the throne we'll see um twitter mailbag coming soon if you guys have questions on the pod but uh yeah we're gonna leave it at that for now um thanks again for tuning in and we will see you guys next week